It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome on into Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast focused on the BYU Cougars. Proud to be part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where, of course, it is your team every day. And as such, we cover the BYU Cougars for you each and every day. Talking a lot of BYU football as we gear up for spring camp next week. Layout of today's show will go as follows. We're going to answer burning question number four in our continued week-long series here, getting you ready for BYU spring camp. Talking about the pass rush. What does BYU do to replace Corbin Kafusi and Sione Takitaki's contributions along the defensive line slash linebacking core. We'll talk about that here in this first segment. Second segment of the show got a number of news and notes revolving around the BYU football program that we need to touch on. Some number changes and the like. We'll talk about that in the second segment and then the final segment of today's show. Get you the full schedule of BYU sports, the other BYU sports in action tonight uh, with multiple games going on in softball men's volleyball, a lot to cover, women's basketball, a lot to get covered for you in there as well. So thanks again for joining us on this podcast. And without further ado, let's get going. This is Locked on Cougars for February 28th, 2019. Hey guys, I'm Jay Catch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your BYU insider here on the podcast. I work for the Zone Sports Network in Salt Lake City, Utah. Excited to be with you today on a Thursday edition of the show, the last edition of February 2019. Crazy to think we're already two months into the year 2019, but it is what it is. That's kind of how it goes with this podcast. I really kind of track things by the day of the week, which podcast I'm on. It's 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 an interesting life when you live in the media world. World and you work with the media cycle that we deal with. A lot of people like to call it the 24-hour news cycle, and it really is that in a lot of ways, but it's great to be with you guys. Hopefully, you all are having a great week, getting ready for a weekend ahead. Um, we've been doing a week-long series here of burning questions, getting you ready for BYU spring camp. We talked about linebackers on Monday. We talked offensive line Tuesday. Uh, we actually had a two-parter yesterday based on a question sent in from Nick in addition to the conversation I wanted to have about quarterbacks. So we talked about quarterbacks on yesterday's podcast as well as the kicking game. Two sophomore kickers who will win out. So we talked about that on Wednesday's edition of the show. And if you missed any of those podcasts, you can go back and listen to them and get caught up on the Burning Question series. Today's question is the question of what does BYU do to bolster their pass rush heading into 2019? Spring camp is going to be a very important time, especially for this portion of BYU's team. We have seen BYU's defense improve year after year with Elisa Tuiaki in the three years he's been the defensive coordinator for BYU. They finished 2018 as a top 30 defense in the FBS ranks. That's pretty elite. That's a good number to be at, and I, I expect that BYU would expect to do that again this coming year, but you will do have to do it without the contributions of Corbin Kafusi and Sione Takitaki, who I believe were the two best players at getting into the backfield and wreaking havoc 
four opposing teams. Well, you think, okay, what does BYU do to replace that? And that's what we're going to talk about here. Uh, we'll start off with one of the headliners in this, and that is Trajan Peely. I felt like he made some strides a year ago, uh, showed some ability to get to the quarterback, and he's heading into a senior year this year. I think spring camp for him, uh, pending his health status, could be an important time for him to work on new moves, his ability to get around the edge and wreak havoc. And he's going to have to show that he is still capable of being kind of that opposite end on BYU's defensive line. He's done a good job weighing just 250 pounds at setting the edge. A lot of guys would need to be a little bit heavier to be able to do what he does. But I really feel like Trajan Peely made strides in 2018. Now, can he take the next step in 2019? Other guys at the defensive end spots in particular that I'm looking forward to seeing and seeing what they can do in spring ball include Uriah Leatawa. He'll be a junior heading into 2019. A former uh, three-star prospect out of Compton, California. Was a very highly publicized recruit. Uh, flirted with going to Stanford. Ultimately decided to go to BYU. I feel like Uriah made strides a year ago similar to Trajan Peely, just not on a big enough scale because he wasn't starting like Peely was. Spring ball could really be an important time for Uriah to show, hey, I'm capable of being the every down defensive end that BYU needs. And he'll have to go out there and prove it. He'll be battling guys like Devin Kafusi, the younger brother of Bronson and Corbin Kafusi, two elite pass rushers, two of the best pass rushers BYU's had in the past decade. Can the younger brother, the youngest brother, I suppose, be the best of the three? Well, Corbin believed that. He told me that multiple times a year ago when he was still on campus at BYU and he felt that, uh, that Devin had all the physical abilities to really do what him and uh, Bronson had done. Bronson has spent time in the NFL now. Corbin's hoping to make it to the NFL. Can uh, the Kafusi legacy on the defensive line at BYU continue on? We'll see. Devin's got all the physical tools. He's six foot seven, 250, 260 pounds. I'm expecting he'll probably have bulked up as well. Probably add some weight. Can he be a, a, an edge rusher that BYU needs him to be? I really feel like that defensive end role that Corbin Kafusi vacated is going to come down to who is better of, of Devin Kafusi and Uriah Leatawa. We'll see. I'm interested to see what those two can do. They'll also face some competition from guys like Longi Tuifua and Alden Tofa. Tui Fua played in one game a year ago. He was recovering from a back injury that kind of precluded him from really participating the majority of the year. He saw a spot action in that one game in 2018, but if he's fully healthy, Tui Fua was an elite pass rusher at the high school level at Bingham High School. I feel like he's a guy that uh, definitely could help BYU, but he's got to stay healthy and prove he can be a difference maker particularly in the run game. Um, if he's able to be a situational pass rusher, okay, yeah, they'll insert him on third downs or second and longs and allow him to go after the quarterback. But if he wants to be that every down player, he's got to be able to show that he is stout enough to play in run sets. Alden Tofa, another of their former uh, local product out of West Jordan High School, if I'm not mistaken. Tofa had a lot of accolades coming out of high school. I feel like he's more in the vein of a Trajan Peely or a Uriah Leotawa, or maybe he doesn't necessarily have elite physical tools, but he gets the job done. He's going to have to prove he can he can make an impact. Um, speaking of, uh, in terms of you're wondering class-wise, Tuifua, Tofa, and Kafusi are all entering their sophomore year, so they still have time to develop. 
And it'll be interesting to see how this battle plays out. But I really feel like Trajan Peely has that opposite end role, what BYU designates it as, an OE on their depth chart. I think he's got that locked down for the time being. He'll face competition for it, obviously. But then you're on the opposite end with the actual defensive end role, which they designate as a DE on their depth chart. I feel like the competition is going to come down to Uriah Leitawa and Devin Kafusi. But Alden Tofa and Longi Tuifua will definitely have the opportunity to have their say. One other wild card in this whole discussion is the addition of JJ and Wigway to the defensive end group. This is his third position at BYU. He's did, he, he was an offensive lineman when he showed up at a Rockwall, Texas. Um, ended up not getting the weight that BYU wanted him to have at offensive line. Moves to tight end. Uh, had some nondescript um I guess a game action was more of a blocker than a pass catcher. A lot of people were excited to see if maybe he might be able to be a pass catcher. But with the glut of tight ends that BYU has, <clears throat> excuse me, he um, was deemed, I guess, almost just an, an, an excess, and they moved him to, uh, to defensive end. He retained his one year using his red shirt uh, this past season in 2018, and he's making the move to defensive end. I don't know what to expect from Inwigwe. I don't necessarily think he has the foot speed to be an elite pass rusher, but we, I could be proven wrong. He spent a lot of time now training with the defensive line. We have seen him um, with the scout team working out there. We'll see what happens, but he is a wild card that is in the mix here. And of course, when it comes to the pass rush, you also need to push up the up the middle. But I really feel like BYU is really set at defensive tackle and nose guard. Uh, guys like Kyrus Tonga, Bracken Bakri, Zach Daw, uh, Earl Mariner, Lorenzo Fawatea, just to name some of those guys. I feel like the defensive tackle and defensive, uh, I'm sorry, defensive tackle and nose guard spot for BYU are set. It's just to be a matter if those guys can get the push up the middle and force the action to the edges where the defensive ends are waiting. So there you go. Some of my thoughts. I think the spring period is going to be very important for this pass rush, the pass rushers, especially the defensive end spots, to show that, hey, we have the ability to replace what Sione Takitaki and Corbin Kafusi offered in terms of coming off the edge, wreaking havoc on the pocket for opposing quarterbacks, getting sacks, strip sacks, causing pressure in general. It'll be an important time for them to work on those skills because this is the time to try new things out, learn a spin move, uh, do the old Reggie White, the kind of the up and under, that hump move that Reggie White used for years. Use a new skill. Learn a new skill during spring ball. It's important for every position on the field, but especially with these defensive ends at BYU, I think it'll be critical heading into 2019, the the season upcoming. All right, we will step aside here. We'll come back on the other side. But a reminder for you guys, if you are out and about driving around, you can listen to this podcast in your car. You're a captive audience in your car. Everybody knows this. That's why radio advertisers, I work for a radio station, we love people that drive in cars because guess what? You're a captive audience. You're forced to listen to what's going on. Well, it's no different with this podcast. I don't mean to call you captive, but if you are driving in your car, I want you to listen to this podcast and you can do it using your voice. A lot of people use their voice assistants, Siri or whatever other phone company you use has a personal assistant that allows you to make calls. You say, hey, call so-and-so. Or you say, hey, add a note, send a text to this person. Well, all that can be done as well as listening to this podcast using your voice. All you have to do is tell your personal assistant, play podcast Locked on Cougars, and you will have the latest news in BYU sports right there for you each and every day. 
Use the time you got in the car. Listen to this podcast. Be up to date. Be the smartest guy in the room when it comes to BYU sports. All you have to do is tell your personal assistant, play podcast Locked on Cougars. All right, more in a moment. You're listening to Locked on Cougars right here on the Locked on Podcast Network. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, especially during March. Your eyes are on the road, but the driver in front of you has both eyes on their bracket. Their sudden braking puts you in a 16-car pileup that's anything but sweet. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this is worse than a busted bracket. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability, savings vary. Welcome back to Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast focused on all things BYU sports. Thanks again for joining us on this Thursday edition of the show. Just talked a lot of pass rush and defensive ends with our Burning Questions series continuing on. On tomorrow's podcast will be our final installment, I suppose. Uh, maybe we'll fit one more in on Monday morning. You never know. But it'll be officially the final installment, the fifth Burning Question heading up to uh, BYU Fall Camp. So stay tuned for that. And if you haven't caught up on the other ones, you can listen to Monday through Wednesday's podcast as well and catch up on the other burning questions. Now, uh, of course, with the news with BYU, there are a lot of news and notes that come out every so often, and I seem to collect them, and eventually it piles up enough where I feel like, hey, I can create a segment out of this. These topics alone necessarily wouldn't generate an entire segment's worth of content for me here on the podcast, but I still want to update you on them. So we're going to start off with some notes. Uh, Dick Harmon, of course, a great sports writer, a legend around these parts along the Wasatch Front, writing for the Deseret News, is one of, the, I guess, the OG when it comes to covering BYU sports. He's been around BYU football forever. Um, He had a great column in the Deseret News earlier this week. It might have come out today. Actually, came out yesterday, it appears. But he had a chance to catch up with Jeff Grimes and talk about how BYU's offensive coordinator has been influenced by the NFL and particularly the Los Angeles Rams. Of course, the Los Angeles Rams made it to the Super Bowl this past year. Came up on the short end, losing out to Kyle Van Noy and the New England Patriots. And he does also point out the Patriots here, but he says that during the season, of course, when BYU's playing, he doesn't catch a lot of regular season NFL games. He's grinding on tape. He's getting all of the stuff done that he has to do with his job at BYU. But he says when he's in the playoffs, he enjoys watching the NFL. And he says that um, watching the Rams in particular has been very good for him in terms of looking at new options for his offense. And the particular why, it says in the NFL, it says, quote, I've been watching the Rams a lot, and I like a lot of what they do because it's a lot of the stuff that we do. That includes formations that use the jet sweep, a lot of misdirection in the run game, and play action off those plays. It's stuff I've always believed in, and it's just something I really like. So I've been watching them quite a bit lately. Grimes continued. I'll finish up here. It says, everyone respects the Patriots and the job they've done, and it's really cool to watch them in different ways. One of the things I liked about them from them this year is they went back to a little more of an old school approach. So I think that the cool thing is is Jeff Grimes is not afraid to take pages out of the NFL playbook. Um, Sean McVay is considered an innovator. Everybody in the NFL, when they're hiring, you've heard this if you listen to the sports cycles, especially when they talk about the NFL, everybody wants to hire the next Sean McVay. If you had a cup of coffee with him, seemingly you're a head coaching candidate in the NFL. Well, it's not a bad guy to take 
uh, cues from if you're going to try and shake up your offense, add some facets to it that people haven't seen as you head into another year of college football. And I think that definitely if Jeff Grimes can glean something off of what the Los Angeles Rams are deploying on the field, that only helps to uh, get BYU's offense playing at another level. I think it's awesome that he's willing to sit down, watch these games, and try and learn things. Um, I know that he went out to UC Davis earlier this offseason to meet with his old compatriot um, out there, Dan Hawkins, the head coach of the Aggies. Of course, Dan Hawkins hired Grimes to work with him at Boise State and also at Colorado in his two head coaching spots in the FBS ranks. He's now the head coach at UC Davis, and he's put up quite the prolific offense. Um, I think a 5,000-yard passer or something to that effect this past year. A lot of touchdowns, something north of 60 touchdowns. Uh, BYU, I believe this past season, was in the 30s in terms of total touchdowns scored. So anything Jeff Grimes can do to get this BYU offense on track and scoring points at a high clip, I think is more than welcomed by BYU fans. And I think it's a good thing that he is willing to go out, meet with these coaches, see things on TV or on the All-22 film he has access to from the NFL to learn and add new wrinkles to his offense because I like what he's doing with BYU's offense. I like the design of it. I like how it's multiple in its looks, etc. The only thing it's lacking is the high-flying capability to score points, and I feel like Jeff Grimes is, is motivated and dedicated to making sure that he gets, that, gets the most out of his guys and they score more points. And I think every BYU fan that's listening to this podcast, and if you are, please share with your family and friends. Say, hey, listen to this. This is something that you probably need to hear. I think every BYU fan can get with that program and can be really upbeat about that. Um, one other news and notes, so I guess some other news and notes I wanted to touch on before we take a break here, include that BYU had their spring photo day yesterday ahead of spring camp, doing a lot of promotional stuff. They had a GIF station, it looks like, where guys were able to kind of do things. They're going to make a GIF out of it. They'll use it on social media. I think that's kind of unique. But the pictures coming out of it and some of the videos coming out of it uh, show that BYU, of course, this time of year, guys are making number changes. So I wanted to run down some of those number changes that I noticed as I was watching the social media reports coming out of it. So let's run down them real quick. We'll start off with Devin Kafusi, who we had discussed earlier in this podcast as one of the potential pass rushers that could really help BYU. Well, he was wearing 92 a year ago, which was the brother, which was the number. Um, the Kafusi boys have always kind of worn different numbers in the 90s. Bronson wore, I believe, 92 and 90. Corbin wore 90 throughout his career. Well, Devin Kafusi is going to carry on that legacy and wear number 90 this year, switching from the 92 he wore as a freshman. Kavika Fanua, there's been some question of if he would return to play for BYU. Well, it appears he is because he was at photo day yesterday. He wore 44 as a running back, but it appears that he is going to wear 34 this coming year. I'm assuming he's going to stay at running back. You never know if he switches back to linebacker, but he has a new number, number 34. Nil Pau'u, the younger brother of former BYU linebacker Butch Pau'u, wore 84 through his first two seasons as a Cougar. He is now going to be switching to wearing the number two that Matt Hadley wore. Of course, Cody and the most prolific receiver in BYU football history also wore the number two. So Nil Pau's got some sizable shoes to fill to fill in there. Uh, Chaz Ayu, the linebacker coming back off a mission for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. He's going to wear the number three that he wore in high school after wearing number 19 before his mission for BYU. So he'll be wearing the number that Kyle Van Noy made famous for BYU fans. Some more sizable shoes to fill. And then one final note here is that Isaiah Heron, a sophomore 
cornerback for BYU. He actually might be a freshman, pending how his redshirt status panned out. He's switching from wearing a number 10 to wearing number 11, the number that he wore in high school. So there you go. Some news and notes on the BYU football program, Jeff Grimes, as well as some jersey number changes. There will be more to report Monday when we're out at practice for spring ball for the first day. We'll make sure to have a full report of the rest of the number changes, but I wanted to get you those numbers so that way you knew what to look for once, uh, well, not once, but when you're out there, you can see the guys in their new uniforms and understand, hey, who's number two? That's Nil Pau. Who's number uh, number 11? That's Isaiah Heron. Who's number 34? It's not Riley Burt. It's Kavika Fanua. So there you go. Give me some help that way. All right, we'll step aside here, come back. we got a full rundown of what's going on in BYU sports tonight, as well as the other news and notes from the other BYU sports teams. That's all coming up next right here on Locked on Cougars. This Lockdown Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals, plus free shipping on your first box, and Free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. Welcome back. As we close out today's edition of the podcast, I want to thank you guys once again for your continued support of the podcast. Please share with your family and friends. And if you are so inclined, if you're new to the podcast or you just haven't done so quite yet, first off, welcome. Thanks for downloading the podcast and checking it out. Hopefully you find it of worth and you come back for more. But also, please consider subscribing and giving us a good rating and review. Those five-star reviews, especially on Apple Podcasts, are worth their weight in gold when it comes to uh, the podcast world so please do that if you don't mind taking the two to three minutes it takes it really would help us out a lot all right let's run down the schedule for tonight if you're a BYU sports fan that wants to catch the Cougars in action a lot to catch up on this tonight you can have a full night of sports if you really want it uh, BYU softball will kick things off at six o'clock mountain time when they take on San Diego State at the SDSU softball stadium in San Diego California uh, you can get stats etc on BYUcougars.com the women's softball team six and seven on the year they this weekend, the teams they're facing, they should have an opportunity to put up some wins and hopefully get it back above 500. BYU baseball begins a three-game series in Beaumont, Texas this evening at 7 o'clock Mountain Time. They're taking on Lamar University. It's the first of a three-game set. There's a live video feed via the Lamar Facebook page. You can get the link to it on the BYU Cougars website, BYUcougars.com. It'll also be broadcast on BYU Radio as well. 
Uh, BYU uh, volleyball, men's volleyball, number nine in the country. They begin their home and home set with Stanford tonight. They have their home, a part of the home and home set against the number eight ranked Cardinal. That's at the Smith Fieldhouse at seven o'clock Mountain Time. It will be Brad, uh, Brad broadcast live on BYU TV. You can get live stats by going to BYUCougars.com. It's a fun sport. Men's volleyball is so much fun to check out. If you haven't had a chance to go to the Smith Fieldhouse, the environment is incredible. I would encourage you to check it out. One final game on the docket tonight is the women's basketball team. They're taking on San Francisco at the Marriott Center. That's set for 7 o'clock Mountain Time as well. That game will be broadcast streaming on the W.TV with men's volleyball taking over BYU TV. So you can get out to the Marriott Center and support the Lady Cougars as they chase uh, number one, uh, not number one, but number one seed Gonzaga in the West Coast Conference standings. They need the Bulldogs to lose a game, but they also need to make sure that they take care of business and win their games as well. That'll be at 7 o'clock on the W.TV. All right, as we close out today's podcast, some other news and notes for you. I wanted to update you. The Cougarettes, BYU's dance team, they have won, I don't know how many national championships at this point. They're actually going to represent the United States in the U.S. National Team Cheer Hip Hop Division at the 2019 International Cheer Union World Cheerleading Championships. That's a mouthful. It'll be taking place April 24th through the 26th at the ESPN Wide World of Sports Complex at the Walt Disney World Resorts. So best of luck to the Cougarettes. They chase another championship. They are elite. The stuff they've done with Cosmo, etc., is just awesome to see. Um, back to men's volleyball for a moment. Gabby Garcia Fernandez has been named a finalist for February's Off the Block Player of the Month. Uh, you can go vote for it online if you want. Off the Block is kind of the media poll of men's volleyball in the NCAA ranks, and it's awesome to see him getting this award. All you have to do is go to Off the Block Off the Block Blog offtheblockblog.com slash player of month. So check that out. You can vote for Gabby Garcia Fernandez. Help him hopefully win that award. In women's basketball, Jennifer Hampson, a sophomore center, she's been named to the 2018-19 West Coast Conference Women's Basketball All-Academic Team. She's one of 10 players honored this year. She carries a 3.9 GPA in bioinformatics. I don't know what bioinformatics is, but carrying a 3.9 GPA while playing two sports like she does playing both women's volleyball and women's basketball congratulations to her awesome to see that so congratulations once again to her she's nationally she's ranked 26th in block shots this year congratulations on that well-deserved honor and then one, uh, two final notes for you. BYU Women's Soccer has announced their 2019 spring schedule. It begins this coming Saturday at UNLV. Uh, they'll be playing games throughout the spring. You can go check out the schedule by going to BYUCougars.com. Uh, the team loses Maddie Sidaway-Gates, who is a senior, and also freshman Olivia Wade to an LDS mission. Uh, but there should be plenty of the team that made it to the NCAA tournament with a great bounce back year a year ago back to this team and their spring season is their opportunity to show what they can do. Alright, and then finally a BYU football note for you guys. I just saw this come down. 
is that BYU, their spring game for BYU football, which will be later this month, is actually going to be held across the street from BYU's campus and they're what they're calling the new BYU West campus. You might know it as the former site of Provo High School. They have a football field there where Provo High played. Well, BYU, while they're doing upgrades on Lavelle Edwards Stadium, adding those promenades to link the four sides of the stadium so you don't have to go all the way down to cross over to the different parts of the stands from the upper concourses. Well, they can't play there, so they're going to play it at Provo High School. They're calling it the Provo, or sorry, the BYU West Campus Field, and that'll be later this month. We'll have more details for you as it gets closer. Spring camp, of course, starts Monday, and it'll be done by uh, uh, March 29th. So it's all done in the month of March. Of course, today is the final day of February, but we'll have more updates for you. But just wanted to remind you guys about that. You can make your plans accordingly. That Provo High School's old field, which is now the BYU West Campus, will be hosting BYU's annual spring game later in the month of March. All right, there you go. That is the podcast for today. We'll be back tomorrow catching up on everything else that we haven't touched on this week in BYU sports. Burning question number five ahead of spring camp for the Cougars. It's an exciting time. BYU football is back with spring camp. We'll be tracking it for you as we always do right here on the podcast. And thanks again for your continued support. Use your personal assistant when you're driving around. All you have to do is tell it, play podcast Locked on Cougars right when you get in the car and you'll have the latest in BYU news and you'll always be caught up to date on everything else that's going on. Thanks again for joining me, Jay Catch, your host here on the podcast. We'll catch you tomorrow. This has been Locked on Cougars for February 28th, 2019. Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.